to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life Podcast. I'm your co-host, Julie Graham, little boy mom and, um, you know, hot mess mom, actually, is how I like to describe myself. <laughs> well, I don't think you're such a hot mess. That's okay. I am. Okay. I just go with it. Okay. Like you, you just go with it and it works. Embrace it. <laughs> yes. And I'm Darlene Brock and mother of two adult daughters. And, you know, I, I did write a book about parenting or being a mom and... I'm not an authority, but they're great girls. They are great And girls. I can only take partial credit for that, just so you know. <laughs> well, on this episode, we're actually going to talk through some things that um, every mom needs to be reminded of on the daily, because the struggles of daily parenting can make you feel like a crazy person or yes. that you're totally nailing it for like 12 seconds during the day. And then you go back to the other side so quickly that we just need to be reminded of these truths every now and again. We absolutely need to be reminded as moms because there's we think everything matters. We think everything our child does matters. Everything that we do matters. And we're going to break that down on this episode. We're going to talk a little bit about the things that don't matter and then the things that do. I mean, there's just a huge sigh of relief that we're actually saying a sentence that there are some things that don't matter because it just feels like it's all too much. I mean, before we started recording this episode, I was literally crying over (laughs) motherhood. So let's just enjoy that little bit of ironing. Yeah, but plenty of reasons. You know, you're you're a single mom, you're juggling a lot, tripping over a lot of Legos and, (laughs) you know, trying to master it all. So every mom feels that way. But we want to take a little bit of time and tell you what, let's start with what doesn't matter. All right. What doesn't matter with your child? And I've seen my daughter struggle with this. I think you struggle with this. I'm telling you, ladies, when your child gets potty trained (laughs) is not all important. It will not break or make that child's future. I I remember talking to you about it because I felt like I was behind on potty training my son. Um, And it, it was just a crazy time. It was a crazy time when he was showing signs of being ready and I wasn't ready. I could not handle it. And he ended up learning how to go to the bathroom on his own. Isn't it amazing? They all learned how to go to the bathroom. (laughs) And I think there's so much pressure on this generation of mothers to go... It is this year, it is this month, it is this minute, and my child, if they're going to be on the scale somewhere that's right, they have to have achieved something as really not that significant as potty training. Well, I mean, all of those milestones. I mean, I remember my son didn't walk until he was 15 months old. And I remember you saying, he's going to walk. Like, he's not going to grow up and not walk. Yeah. And I re- I just felt like, oh, why isn't he walking? Um, but they all hit the things when they're supposed to hit them. And we got to not make such a big deal about it. Okay. Let me tell you one that doesn't matter. And this is from personal experience. When your daughter fails kindergarten (laughs) and I'm not kidding. All right. I am not kidding. I know my son's starting kindergarten. So you know what? If he doesn't finish it, no biggie. No biggie. I'll be, (laughs) Hey, it's all going to be fine because my daughter went to kindergarten. My eldest daughter 
basically she rode a tour bus with me or she, you know, sat under my desk or played in the corner. I did not know I was supposed to teach her her (laughs) alphabet. She was supposed to be able to write her name and even read a book before she got there. I'm like, here, she's here, go teach her. (laughs) And you know what? Didn't work out. You know, fortunately for me that year, they had this thing called pre-first. You talk about feeling like a failure. Mm -hmm. My daughter went from kindergarten to pre-first, then to first. Best thing that ever happened to her. But you know what? It really didn't matter that year because she was fine. Mm. I felt like a failure for about a minute or six months, but she (laughs) was fine. So it doesn't matter if once they get into school, (laughs) whenever that is, if they struggle with subjects, like if they're not the math whiz or they're not good at science or they trip every time they try to run the mile. That was me. Um, (laughs) Those things don't matter. They don't matter. They're not going to determine their outcome in life. You know, you'll get through that too. Or the other side, a lot of parents really want their kids to play sports. Mm. What if you don't have a sports kid? What if you don't have one that's going to make the dean's list? Or what if they don't go to the prom? You think they should. Okay, these things really don't matter at the end of the day on what you want your child to become and where you want them to go. They're not the milestones that are going to make a difference. I mean, I hope somebody's breathing a sigh of relief for at least one or two of those. (laughs) Those things don't matter. But what are some things that don't matter about me as a mom? Because those are the ones right now that I need in this very (laughs) fragile moment that we've been experiencing today. Yeah, I think we struggle with, oh, we, we have to have a job. We want to have a job. We have a career that keeps us away from the kids some. Oh my word, that's going to destroy them. That's going to ruin our children. You know, I I have friends who are nurses. They work, you know, three days in a row, 12-hour shifts. Well, they're not around their kids for three days in a row for the entire time. You know what? It's okay. Because that, being away from them in that time, is not going to change the outcome of your child. I mean, I know being in this current generation of moms that we fight this one on both sides of it. Should I work? Should I not work? It doesn't matter. (laughs) You do what works and what's necessary for your family. You know, I do know one thing I've watched with your generation, Julie, is... What am I going to feed my child? (laughs) Am I going to feed them the grains? Am I going to feed them the hot dogs? Am I going to feed them (laughs) a Lunchable or am I going to make a Mm -hmm. purely organic meal? Mm -mm. Yeah. And I think that's a struggle because Mm -hmm. you, you know, especially if you're around other moms, you feel guilty because they're feeding your, their child certain things and you're not. Of course, their child's looking enviously over (laughs) at the lunch plate next door, Um, (laughs) you know, but it really isn't the end all of what you do as a mom. They got to eat. That's what's important. Yeah, it is. Feed them. They will grow. I mean, here's one I struggle with. And I've, I've actually been on multiple sides of this one. When, when I first had Lincoln, I was very concerned about his schedule, his sleeping schedule, his activity schedule, those kinds of things. And then, you know, after losing my husband unexpectedly, I went completely in the other direction that we just, we just did whatever worked for the day, for the moment, for, I think it was at least a year. And now I'm trying to get more scheduled and it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It just doesn't matter. It's whatever works for you in the season that you're in. I mean, for me, I because I was working as crazy as I was, you know, I'd lay a blanket on the floor, I'd lay my child on it, and then I'd look over a few minutes later and go, oh, shoot, you're sleeping. That's good. <laughs> you know, this is working out for both of us. You weren't working your way through the five S's <laughs> of the book for the baby on the block or whatever it's called? No, I don't no. even know what that is. Exactly. I'm not exactly. sure I care. <laughs> Uh, but this is how we do things now, Dar, and it's kind of insanity. 
Well, and I think that's one of the reasons I wanted us to do this episode, Julie, is because I really want to take the pressure off of you moms. I want you to know there's a whole lot of these things that really are not going to make a difference. I like that you said that another thing that doesn't matter is it's okay if you're as mad at your kid as they are at you sometimes. It's just being real. It's being real. Yeah. And any mom that says they don't get mad or annoyed at their child, I don't know. I want to ask them something else they may be untruthful about. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, because it just isn't reality. You're going to be angry at that child that is stomping up the stairs saying, I don't like you. You're going to be mad at them too. And it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, what we're saying is there is no one parenting philosophy that you're supposed to master. I mean... It's going gonna, it's gonna to ebb and flow as you work through your life with your child. There's no perfect parent. There's no perfection in how you do it. There's no absolute one way to conquer this motherhood thing. Actually, there are just a few things that you really need to focus on. The rest you can figure out. Okay, so let's go there. What are the things that really do matter? If all of those things we've already said don't matter, then tell me what I should focus on because that is where I want to put my time and attention and get rid of all these little things that really don't. Your little one needs to know that you love them. I know that sounds simplistic, but you need to say it. You know, you may not be a warm... I I wasn't a huggy mom. I know that's weird for a lot of moms, but I'm not a huggy person. Both of my daughters, God made huggy. So they, they were all over me and I'd be like, I want my space. Give me my space, you know, but I would say to them, I love them. I love them. I love them. I love them at odd times. I love them no matter what. And I would repeat it over and over and over again. So you always say it, but not only do you say it, you show it. This is so important. I love how you actually put both of them there because there are definitely people who um, either they're not huggy or they're not really great with words. And so I've heard people say, well, you know, my child knows I love them or, you know, my, my parents, I'm sure they love me, but they never said it. And no, we got to really do both. You have to say it and you have to show it. Now in showing it, we have to figure out how our child receives love right? We can't just do what works for us. We've got to figure out what works for them because we can be showing love all we want by buying Legos or or (laughs) hugging. But if that's not how they receive love, then we're doing, we're doing everyone a disservice. Yeah. And you're absolutely right, Julie. You need to know what matters to your child. It may be, they want you to get in the swimming pool with them. It may be that they're sitting down in the corner building something that they want to explain to you how this is constructed, what it's going to become, what they're doing to get it there. And you need to sit your bum on the floor beside them and go, all right, tell me about it. Explain it to me. Show me the colors. Show me the the structure. Show me whatever you're doing and let me sit and be part of your world. I think another way to show your child, and especially if you have more than one, another way to show them that you love them is to focus on them individually. They may need you to take that one child by yourself somewhere. Could be the park, could be a movie, could be to go play mini golf. It could be something as simple as go buy a kite and assemble it and take it and fly it. But make it purposeful to that child that you they are important enough to you, you love them enough to say, you get this time of mine 
and it's just you and me, kid, and we're going to do something together, and it's going to be fun. I mean, that's speaking to me right now. This, as we're recording this, this is we're coming up on the last couple of weeks before Lincoln goes to kindergarten for the first time, and you know, I've got a couple things in mind that we want to do together, and most of them are with friends. But as I'm sitting here listening to you, I'm like, I need to make a point to do some things just he and I before we enter this new season of his life, of our life as a family, um, to make sure I get those opportunities to look him in the eye, um, just he and I, and do things that he enjoys and that I know that we'll enjoy together. Yeah. And be willing to hear what they have to say about it, because it may be something you don't want to do, like, (laughs) you know, dissect a frog. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah. Um, But, you know, join join in with them, whatever it is. I think another thing that really does matter in your mothering is that you have to listen to them. And sometimes they're just talking incessantly and I just want it to stop. But we have to listen to them. It doesn't have to be always all the time. The truth is some kids do just prattle on, as they say, you know. My first, my eldest would come home from school and I'd say, how was your day? And she would tell me everything, everything, (laughs) from the moment she got to class until she left rode the bus home, what happened on the bus home, what happened during the day, what boy did this to what girl, what math grade she got, what she didn't get, she didn't she didn't eat her lunch, she ate her lunch and what her lunch had, you know, and I'm going, I didn't, I just wanted, you know, it was fine, that could have worked, you know, that could have worked, but no, she wanted to fill in all the blanks. And then my youngest would come home and I'd say, how was your day? And she would say, fine, mm-hmm. and walk away. And then I'd go, Okay, did you get in trouble today? Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you don't need to listen all the time, but you need to have listening ears for the important stuff. You need to hear behind the words. You need to hear what matters to them. Yeah, I mean, I think you're listening to what they're saying, and then you're also paying attention to what they're not saying. You know, it's great if, like you said, there are times that they don't actually want to talk. Maybe you didn't have time for it anyways. But mm-hmm. if there's a pattern of refusing to talk about certain areas or, um, you know, shying away from subjects, then that's the time you really need to press in. Sometimes it may be that you're watching. You can't hear what's going on because they're not telling you, but you're watching their body language. You're watching their quietness. You're watching their concern. You can tell there's something going on. So at that point, you start digging. You know, you want to you want to find out what the real story is. So you start going on a mission of finding out you want to at that point listen. And if you need to just get them away and do the park visit or get them in some place where they're not really, really thinking about it. So, you know, that they'll start opening up. Do that so you can hear what's really going on in their life. The next thing that really does matter is ultimately that they know they can count on you. Oh, yeah. That's a hard one sometimes, Julie, because, you know, I know you and I have talked and we know that there's no promise in life or sometimes circumstances create things that keep us from being with them um, or being able to be that listening person. Um, But they need to know the underlying thing that you are their mom, that There's nobody else that holds that position that you do, and you are going to be that person in their life every single day. And no matter what, they can count on you got their back. You will be their protector. You will be their supporter. You will be their cheerleader. You will be their, their, 
person who disciplines them and encourages them to do better, that's who you're going to be. They can always count on you because you're the constant. It makes me actually think of your book, Raising Great Girls, that you're really fulfilling all of those different roles that you unpack, um, regardless of whether you're raising girls or boys, that they can trust that no matter what, my mom is going to show up for me in the ways that I'm going to need her to. As, as long as she's here, she will be here. And, you know, there's a big impact that moms make in a child's life. Have you ever noticed, you know, the Grammy Awards or the Academy? How many people stand up and go, I want to thank my mother. You know, they don't oh, wow. exactly say it like that. but <laughs> Well, apparently if they have an accent, they do. <laughs> they might. They're a British actor or something like that. Um, but they do. You know, they, they, they say it often that their mom played such a role in their lives. And, you know, it's funny because occasionally they say dads, and I know dads have significant roles, but more often than not, the one that they think they can count on forever is the mom. And I think that's because we moms go the distance. Here's another thing that matters. You have to be able to say you're sorry as a mom. I'm sorry. Oh, are you practicing? <laughs> yeah, I, am. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I even do it to my adult daughters. I'm sorry, I just <laughs> said that or threw that at you. No, but I mean, you really have to own the things when you fall short. If you can, if you can learn to show up by being honest and saying, "Hey, bud, this is me. Hey, bud, when I just yelled at you, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry." And what does he say? Yeah, you really shouldn't have done that, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Once in a while, he'll look at me like, "Oh, yeah, you really shouldn't have. It's okay. I forgive you, mommy." See, I th- but I think that's important because you're teaching, you're teaching your child that they, um, they want to be able to say they're wrong and they're sorry too. You want them to learn that they're, they might hurt somebody else's feelings or they might act in a way that they shouldn't. And instead of just brushing it under the rug or ignoring it, they need to apologize and own up. And if you do it, they'll do it. I mean, that's ultimately, at the end of the day, that's a lot of what parenting is, modeling the kind of behavior that you want your children to to emulate. And sometimes we do it with not the best of attitudes. Um, and the, we need to be honest in front of that as well. We need to let them see that sometimes we struggle to say, I'm sorry, but we do it anyway. Well, and sometimes, Julie, I don't think we should say, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry I'm not buying you that toy that you just threw a fat fork. You know, sometimes we need to just stick to our guns and we didn't do something wrong. We're simply drawing the line in the sand. So we don't need to apologize for every difficult thing we do, only when we know that we've said something wrong or hurtful or done something wrong or hurtful. And we, we all do it, moms. I think the next thing that really does, really, really does matter is that you are, or at least you work very hard to be consistent. You need to do what you say you're going to do, and you need to be consistent when you say something they're not going to do when you're disciplining them. So both of those are important. But, you know, Julie, sometimes there will be things that we say we're going to do. Sure, we will help you with that. Sure, we'll take you there. Sure, we will, whatever it is. And then it falls apart, and we feel really guilty about it. And, you know, that's part of life. But as many times as you can, you need to actually say, I am going to be there. We are going to do that and fulfill it because mm-hmm. they need to know that what you say you're going to do, you do. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the biggest security for a child is that I can count on my parent um, to be there for me, to do the things that they promised to me. 
um, to the best of, you know, your life ability. And like you said, things come up, things happen. Um, but we want our kids to know that when we say we're going to do something, we follow through. Um, we'll move whatever needs to be moved to make it happen. And then, you know, when things happen that are outside of your control, then you get to teach them about that's just part of life as well. And we, you know, we make adjustments for those times. But to the best of our ability, as much as we can, we show up and we say we're going to show up and we do the things we say we're going to do. Well, and I think one thing we need to do before we say, yes, we're going to do that is go, okay, hold on. I'm not going to say anything yet. I'm going to think, let me check my calendar. Is that open? Okay. Yes or no. Um, Is it something that's doable? Yes or no. It's like we have to have our own little checklist. (laughs) So then we don't get ourselves in trouble by saying, sure. Yeah. Oops. I didn't realize that was the same day as four other things I'd already committed to. What I'm working on and still have not learned is even when I've checked my calendar and I've made the thing clear and I we're going to do this thing, then out of excitement, I tell my son we're doing it and then life ruins it. And now I have to go back and be like, yeah, we're not actually doing that thing. And yeah. it was outside of my control. I didn't change it. The other part of the plan changed. I'm literally dreading right now having to tell Lincoln that we can't do something that he thinks we're doing. And he's five. <laughs> I'm, I'm legitimately scared of him. And it's because I don't want him to feel like that I'm not being consistent, but this is just part of life. Yeah. You got you got to change. So maybe you just don't promise anything and everything's a surprise. Here everything's we do. A surprise. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and again, you can't always fulfill something because things will change. So, you know, they, they can learn how to shift too, because that's part of life. Well, here's another kind of area of this being consistent. Uh, let's talk a little bit about disciplining and being mm-hmm. consistent. Disciplining with love, but showing that those boundaries have to be kept. Because I think this is one we moms sometimes struggle with because we want to be nurturing. Um, and sometimes it feels like to discipline is the opposite of nurturing. Tell me your ways. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about discipline, and and that's a pretty broad term, um, discipline to me is really just you know, thought out structure of what is acceptable and not acceptable from your child. So you want to create expectations that they know that they have to attempt to meet. You're building character in them. That's what you're doing. You're building their, who they're going to be one day. You want to build a little person of integrity to grow up to be a big person of integrity. And to do that, they need to know what's expected of them and the consequences if they don't fulfill it. Now, Julie, that doesn't mean there isn't grace for both of you, because there is. Sometimes they won't fulfill it, and you'll give them grace. And then sometimes you won't follow through, and you got the grace for that too. You know, But it's just trying to be consistent. And don't ever, ever threaten something you aren't willing to do. Don't ever say, if you don't do this, then I will, and not do it. Because they know they're smart little things. They are smart little things. I know. I'm super guilty of this. And I've caught myself even in the last couple of months realizing I got to really hold to that thing that I'm saying because it, it just makes me look ridiculous and it messes me up for the next time. Yeah. When Chelsea, my youngest was, I think she was like in fifth grade, she had hair down to her hiney and she decided for about three weeks not to brush it. Okay. Yeah. It was an interesting mat on her head. Well, her older sister was embarrassed in public by her. Okay. (laughs) And Lauren said, mom, you have to tell her that you're going to cut it off if she doesn't brush her hair. And I looked at Lauren and went, 
I'm never going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to threaten that. And whatever I tell you guys, I have to be willing to do it. I'm not willing to lop all that hair off because I know she loves it, <laughs> you know? So it, it was one of those come to Jesus moments for my eldest daughter that she went, oh, my mom does do what she says. So at the end of the day, we really just have to learn to be consistent for everyone. All right. This is something that I know I tell Julie, every other young mom, be you, just be you. And I know we use that in a lot of areas, but as a mom, be you. Don't try to be any other kind of mom. Don't think that you need to fill a different role than you were created to be because you are exactly the mother that your child needs. You are the one that they need to become the person they're supposed to become. Now, you may not be the mathematician, Mm-hmm. So nope. get some, nope. So find an algebra friend mm-hmm. when you get to that place. You may not be the, you know, warm and cuddly mom like me. You know, there were times I really went to my room so I could not be touched for a few <laughs> minutes. Um, you know, you, you, you be you because that is exactly who God paired with your child. Yeah. I mean, you guys hear me say all the time, be bold and just be you. And you actually get to be that kind of mom as well. And your kids will appreciate it when they, they can tell when you're being yourself, just like everyone else can tell, like they sense it. They know their mom, (laughs) they live with you. They know who you really are and they'll feel most secure when you're really walking in those things. And, and again, you're modeling to them that they can really just be who they were made to be, that they can really embrace their traits and their talents and their weaknesses and their abilities as they watch their mom do that very same thing. The final thing, Julie, that I think is incredibly important is who you say you want to be, you have to be. What do you mean? I'm going to need you to unpack that one. Okay. If you're, you say to your child, um, our faith should be important to us. I want you to want to go to church. I want you to want to read your Bible. Guess what you got to do? You got to be doing those things, huh? Sounds uh-huh. like it. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you say you need to be honest, you need to tell the truth, You need. what do you need to do? You, the mom, need to be honest and tell the truth. If you say to your child, don't steal, don't um, take something that doesn't belong to you, you can't be bringing pencils home from work. <laughs> Okay. Well, I mean, I would never personally. Yeah, p- pencils. I might lose my purple pen. I think I've lost a couple of those. Um, but no, I- I'm just saying you have to be consistent. Your words and your actions have to match. Because really, they may be listening to you, but they're watching you a whole oh lot goodness. more. They are little sponges. Mm-hmm. Little sponges. They watch, they see, they emulate, they repeat. They do every little thing. This one is so true. Something I, I do tend to do in the mornings, most mornings, is to have my coffee and Bible. And, um, you know, as I struggle with this whole perfection and I, and I want to be there for him and I want him to know that he's important and this and that. And so some mornings he'll wake up and he wants to he wants me to go play Legos with him. And I'll have that rub of like, I want to show him that he's important. But I say to him, I'll come play with you after I read my Bible because that's what mommy does first. And there are times where he's annoyed with it, but then there are other times I've caught him saying, hey, mommy, after you read your Bible, can you come do this? And those are those quiet moments where he knows that that's my pattern. He knows that that's important. That's something that my consistency 
has taught him that that's a value in my life. And I, I mean, I just, I'm putting in, I'm putting in hopes that as he grows up, he will remember that and he will want to build that same habit himself. Absolutely, Julie. And, you know, I can tell you, he will, he will know that he will know because you did it. It should be important. Maybe he needs to consider it. Maybe he needs to adopt it to his life. And the the thing is, moms, your kids aren't going to be perfect. They're not going to emulate your best qualities. Sometimes they will emulate your worst qualities. <laughs> oh, I've seen those too. <laughs> Every mom, yeah, you go, oh, gee, that's ugly really, that of you. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I didn't know that looked so bad. Um, but they will. They will emulate all of them. But at the end of the day, they will make their own decisions. They will make their own life choices. They will sometimes choose roads that you wish they didn't, but they will have in them the basis because you did the things that mattered. You didn't concentrate on the things that don't matter. You didn't spend a lot of energy freaking out about the little stuff. You spent as much or more time really focusing on the ones that would make a difference in their long-term life. So moms, give yourself some grace today. Focus on those things that we've talked about really do matter and let the other things fall away because they're not going to last. They're not going to matter. You're not even going to think about them again next week. So let's be the kind of grit and grace moms who focus on the things that really matter. Hey, Dar, we have to have a quote to end this because you know what matters? Quotes Quotes. on this grit and grace life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I found this one and I feel like it really fits with everything we've talked about on this episode. All right. There's no way to be a perfect mother, but a million ways to be a good one. Oh, there you go, moms. Have a good week with this grit and grace life. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project online magazine. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or streaming the show, be sure to take a couple moments to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss the next episode. You can also share the show with a friend you think might enjoy living a Grit and Grace life with us. Every week we share all the details on everything we discuss in the episode at thegritandgraceproject.org. We'll catch you on the next one.